It is a big week for Warriors sports after three long but relaxing weeks of an athletics pause. Connor, we are back in action. We've got Warriors sports to cover on the FPCSBN, and Fairview athletes are back in interscholastic action. Tyler Danberg, Connor Canfield with you on the Warriors Sports Show. We're going to have a great interview coming up later on in the show with Fairview Boys basketball head coach Ryan Berry. And Connor, it's good to say that we're back and we're going to finally get the first sporting events of 2021. Yeah, it definitely is good to be back. You know, we're recording this on a Monday, so a day away from <clears throat> a triple header with Normandy for the boys team. And I'm not going to lie, you know, I missed it, but I'm kind of glad we got that three weeks because we were going all over the place. It's just nice to have a little break here and there. But I'm glad to be back, and we have a great slate of games here in this first week back. Yeah, it's right. It's very nice to have that relaxing holiday break. There's nothing like it, but you know what? After a while, you get tired and you just want to get back out there, and that's exactly what we're going to do. So right off the bat, Connor, we're recording this on a Monday. Show is supposed to release in just a couple of minutes after you're hearing this, obviously, and just a couple hours from now, we're going to be waiting on another day of Fairview sports and coming up on Tuesday, we've got boys basketball as the Normandy invaders and Stefan Stanek, they come to town to take on the Fairview warriors, a warriors team Connor that has not played since December 19th. Yeah, that is going to be a big matchup for them. Can they, you know, shake off maybe a little bit of rust against a good Normandy squad and a solid GLC. Like we've touched upon before, and they got a really great player in Ashland commit, Stefan Stanich. And so you have to stop him and you have to come out hot. You can't come out cold and rusty. Like, you know, we saw that girls team very early on after their two-week quarantine in their first game of the season. They came out rusty because of that. So we can't have that after this three-week pause against a team like Normandy. What are some things to look out for on that Tuesday night game between the Invaders and Warriors? You know, you like we said, Stanich. He's a great shooter. He's a 6'5 guard. He can go down there and rebound. You have to stop him. He is your number one commit. But they also have a great bunch of great players around him. And so you just have to stop the Normandy Invaders offense. And then on offensively for the Warriors, you, know, you have to shoot the ball well. You cannot – they live and die by the three a lot of the times. They can do work inside, but they shoot the lights out. And when they shoot the lights out, they usually get that win. But we saw when they weren't shooting good, they really didn't play that well. So you, they, you have to shoot well and – Coach Barry told us they run a little bit of a zone. They can run a couple looks. They primarily a two-three zone, which should allow the three to kind of be uncorked, and you can find some open looks. But they also run, you know, a little three-two zone that he said looks almost like a two-one-two. So you have to figure out how to get around that and just really work your zone offense to perfection. And the big part is that Stanek, who is six foot five, you mentioned an Ashland commit, a guy who has reached a thousand points almost a thousand rebounds. He's up there in almost every all-time Normandy invaders category in history. And he plays guard. This is a guy who can really spread it out and score. And the Warriors in the past against him, they've done a good job in limiting him down to just some interior type moves and maybe 15, 20 points here and there. 
Then we transition to Wednesday night, and this is a rematch of the second game of Lady Warriors basketball this year or last year, I guess you can say, in December when the Invaders just totally took it to the Fairview Warriors. And I think still, Connor, we were in that adjustment mode for Dave Murphy's Warriors because they were still starting to get used to each other, but not fully there. Yeah, definitely. And there's one more point from that boys uh, game real quick. You know, like we said, the Warriors three weeks off, but Normandy, that boys team, they won a holiday tournament. So they're coming with a little bit of fire, they're, they're ready. They've been playing. And so that's something to watch out for as well. And now we transition back to the girls. And, you know, they they came off that quarantine. It's their first game for a new coach, new sets, new defenses. And so, you know, Normandy – well, second game, excuse me. And so Normandy, they, they stuck with them for the first half. And then, coincidentally, once I walked into that gym after that swim meet, everything started to go down the drain. And so – you have to f- find out what did you do wrong in that second half. Go over the film you know, and just try to correct that and come out and play like you did in that first half. Close. You know, they've been playing a lot of teams close. They just can't grasp that elusive win. And hopefully these three weeks they got a lot of reps in that they may have lost due to that quarantine. And just they, they come out, come out firing and just get that first win. And actually, you're right. I think this – is a very intriguing winter sports program, the girls' basketball team, in a good way, because they play some of the top-tier opponents in the GLC and in the area really well. We've seen them cut the lead, scrounge it down to one against Valley Forge before EC pulled away that Saturday before the athletic pause, the last game for Warriors girls basketball. Fairview actually had it down within single digits towards midway through the third quarter. And then you look at Normandy. It was close for the first half. We don't talk about the second half, but luckily the Connor curse has not really been existent. And I don't think it will for the rest of the season because you look at it, they're a very good team that just has not been able to grab that experience. So now they can get some practice time. And it seems like from what Dave Murphy has told us, they're raring to go. Yeah, they're, it's, they should come out well. They've been playing well, and hopefully that Connor curse just doesn't apply to Normandy, and it was just a one-time thing. You know, Jack Anderson, he always jokes with me whenever we're golfing. Whenever he golfed with me during our golf season that he always played bad, but once he, like, wasn't golfing with me in matches, he did good. So maybe I'm just a cursed individual. But who knows? And, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I would be ready to guess that they're raring to go. And they just, once they get that first win, I think they're going to come out a lot better. They got that weight off their shoulders and they should look like a whole different team. And also this girl's basketball team, they better be ready to go because they've got three games coming into this week. They've got that game Tuesday night at Normandy. Then just the next day, they go on Thursday to North Olmstead in a non-conference game against the Eagles, who have been they've been playing incredible basketball. I don't know if you saw they've had they had a couple of buzzer beaters off the hands of Janis Vajovic. So then you then you go down to Parma. So these are three away games for the girls. They've only played two home games this year. The rest have been away, and they're going right into it smack dab to a three game week. And they travel to take on the lady red men of Parma this Saturday. You know, that's 
something to watch. North Holmes said they're a good squad out there. I saw that buzzer beater. That's just a heartbreaker for the Titans of Berea Mid Park. And just, you know, they're a great team. And really, you're coming off a back-to-back. That might affect things a little bit. It shouldn't, but it could affect them. And there's, But they're getting right back into this after that three-week break, get them a lot of games and get them reps early. And so hopefully they're able to get up to speed quickly. And this is a big week. You got three good opponents here on your plate. And just to go out and get that first win, get some reps, and get right back into this thing as we go down the stretch, heading into the GLC tournament and the OHSAA tournament as well. Now, actually, you might say, well, all these teams, Connor, they're not that fresh. They've only been practicing. Well, that's not true. Not all Fairview winter sports programs have been limited from interscholastic play. No, it was the swim team that last Friday, just a couple of days ago, they held a virtual meet against the Lakewood Rangers. Now, swim meets are really tentative in terms of schedule-wise, so they had to find out something to get it done. So what did they do? Virtual meet, both schools raced at their respective swimming pools and then they just compared the times and so the Warriors and Rangers getting in for some play during the athletics pause swim team they're going to be going at it on Wednesday then the wrestling team I think you can say that they've been the most impacted because they have not wrestled in over three weeks now they did have a dual meet on that Saturday the 19th but usually what helps them make a good home stretch into January, February, and even to the state tournament in March is that they wrestle in some of the premier tournaments during Christmas break. But because of COVID-19, because of the athletics pause, OHSA hey, has denied wrestling tournaments between all these different teams coming in from all parts of the state and bordering states. So is that going to be one of the bigger impacts on a winter sports team as the tournaments not being there for the wrestlers? We'll have to see, but my initial answer is going to be a little bit. Yes. I mean, you get a lot of this good competition in these tournaments and just to go out and lose that and not only lose it, you don't get anything in its place. And because of that three week pause, it's not like you get a couple duels in here and there, but you can't. So you lose all that experience you could get. And that might be something that comes down and maybe gets them down the stretch. We'll have to see as we move on, you know, through time, through these next couple months. But the initial answer is probably, yes, this could affect them. So we've got Coach Barry coming up. we got a great interview with the leading man of the Warriors boys basketball program. Connor, this has been great just to recap what has been going on and then to look forward at what's ahead for boys basketball and beyond. So a big week wrestling in action on Thursday, swimmers on Wednesday. Then in between all of that, we've got boys and girls basketball. It's good to have Warriors athletics back on your TVs and in your home and even in person, because hopefully with a new year, maybe some vaccines rolling out, we could see something like that happening. So here is Fairview head coach, Ryan Berry. 
You've had a little bit of some time off, about three weeks with this restart, and you're going to be embarking on another week and hopefully some interruption-free basketball from here on out to the end of the season. So what has it been like to just run three weeks of practice during December into the early stages of January? Yeah, it's been interesting, a little bit of a challenge. Uh, Once you kind of get the kids turning on to play games competitive wise, um, trying to keep that up a bit of a challenge. But I think we did some things, you know, we gave them three days off around Christmas in a row, which is a normally a coach's nightmare, but we had a couple weeks to recover from it. So we give them some much needed time off with their family. Um, and, and we just pushed them in practice as much as we can. You know, how much do you think these three weeks of reps is going to help uh, being, being a young team, I, I do think um, having some practice traps is real important. And I do think we've hopefully improved on both sides of the ball, um, offensively and defensively. But, you know, time will tell, right? You know, we'll find out tomorrow if we're ready to play a game. Um, and just remembering how hard you got to work every possession in the game, um, trying to replicate that in practice is very challenging. Do you think that looking at what happened in 2020, the season you guys had going into the break and into the new year was a good start for a team that had lost a lot of guys, a lot of seniors, and now this new, you could say, inexperienced class to just get a feel for a varsity game? Yeah, you know, I think if there's one positive, we got seven games in, um, and there's a lot of schools that did not, so as unfortunate as having a three-week shutdown is, we're able to practice. We've, we're ahead of the game in terms of how many games we've played. And I think getting a little taste of varsity basketball for those guys and maybe having that couple weeks that we've had to kind of regroup, fix some of the things uh, that you normally don't get a lot of time once the season starts. You're kind of full speed ahead. So I think the time off will be helpful for us. Again, trying to replicate games is very tough. We did a lot of scrimmages. Uh, we did a lot of competitions in practice. We do every day. So you know, they're ready to go and, and they're itching to get after it. I bet there. And, you know, you said getting that taste of basketball and like a lot of schools didn't get as much. And they also went to also got a taste of adversity through these first couple of games with, you know, a couple tough couple of games after that nice shooting night against Bay. And then also before that, a couple of close wins. So how much is that adversity really going to help this team going forward and down the stretch into uh, postseason play? Yeah, I think the beauty of basketball is, um, you know, if you don't do what you need to do to win, you're not going to win. So uh, we had a couple games where, you know, players, coaches alike, we we didn't take care of business the way we needed to, uh, but you're able to learn from it and regroup. So um, playing seven games and having some tight games um, and even, you know, taking on the chin a couple times or letting some slip away, um, those are all growing experiences. And for a young team, uh, that's all you can ask for is if they learn from it, Uh, we're in good shape. And I think they have, and and we're excited to play again tomorrow. And coach, when you look at it, even though the team is young, a little bit inexperienced coming into a season that you would get seven games before the new year, as you've previously mentioned, has it been nice to at least have a lot of upperclassmen, including some of these juniors that are really stepping up to help lead this program down the stretch? Yeah. You know, we're inexperienced in terms of them having uh, varsity minutes, but you know, you got to keep in mind that last year they practiced against that varsity team that we had every day um, and they never backed down. So these kids are ready. Um, you know, 
trying to replicate it and actually having it happen in game are two different things, but they're quick learners. I, I think we're fortunate where we're at. Our junior class is so strong. Um, you know, we have three seniors and Ethan's the only returning starter. And we got two guys who are renewed to basketball again um, in the senior class. And, and we got strong sophomores. So we like where we're, we're positioned um, and, and we're excited to get going again. You know, we've seen through this season a lot of close games and you know, just conference-wide, it's been a great year for the GLC. Just how tough is this GLC to play in right now? It's just so deep. You know, it, the, the challenge is, you know, everyone's scoreboard watches. And with their challenges with COVID, you don't know who they have one night, who they don't. Um, it's harder to keep up with that. But you can see on any given night, any team in the GLC can and pull off a win, um, which is a good thing. I think we're very competitive. I think we can compete outside of our conference when we get to that point too. But um, having a good competitive conference, every night you got to bring your A game. And when you don't, the other team's going to make you pay. And we're going to have to see the A game come straight out of the gate because your Warriors team going straight to the meat grinder with Normandy tomorrow. And then you've got Parma in a couple of days. But just kind of take us through that game-by-game approach that you preach to your players. Yeah, you know, we talk in practice, um, you know, we try to win our practice that day. Um, and then it's one game at a time. And really, if you hear us when we're coaching, we're really talking about one possession at a time. We really try to break it down. Uh, we need full effort, uh, full intensity, full focus on one possession, offensively being crisp, defensively, uh, not only getting the getting the bad, forcing a bad shot, but securing the rebound. Um, and we're a smaller team. So if we take a possession off, uh, that can hurt us. So you'll hear us on the defensive end with three stops. Uh, that's our goal every time to try to get three in a row um, and, and try to get a run that way. But one game at a time, they don't even look at Parma. We don't even break down. You know, we have Normandy. Obviously, we've been working on them. Uh, we've broken down film on them. Coaches go ahead. We break down, you know, Parma and the films ahead. Uh, but we don't share any of that stuff with the kids because it's laser focused one game at a time. You look at some of the statistics around the area, specifically the morning journal, and you see a couple of your guys, they're really leading the three. You guys are a very good three-point shooting team. Is this something you really work on a lot in practice, or is this just something that really just comes to these guys naturally to outside work and just great shooting touch in general? You know, you can only do so much in practice, but we do put an emphasis on shooting. Before we start anything, before we even stretch, the kids come in the gym and they get 120 shots up. And that's before we start stretching and getting going. So, um, you know, that's helpful. I think on our end as coaches, that's the best we really can do is to get as much shooting up as we can without um, forgetting about all the other important stuff. But these kids as a whole go and put extra time in. Um, they'll shoot me a text over winter break. We had a two a day one day because they want to get in and get shots up. Um, they want to work on some things. So they put the work in with the rec center on their own. You know, once the season starts, uh, we try to keep them fresh and keep them going and keep them sharp. But we really, you know, you don't have the time to put the extra work in, but the kids that want to put the extra work in get the results. And that's why you see uh, so many of our kids having good shooting years so far because they put the work in in the off season and they put the extra work in during season. 
I know you also try to use a lot of that interior help because you've got David Nemeth down low in the starting five, and you've got a big man finally over six foot four, six foot five in the starting lineup altogether. You've had guys like Malachi Turner and Colin Cager. These are dudes who can really fill it up down low, and they're tall. But now you've got Nemeth, a guy who's really strong, and he's in your starting lineup. How big is he in that pivotal role that's outside of your perimeter shooting type of strengths? Yeah, you know, Ty, you've been around since I've been here. So this is year four, and uh, we usually run a five-out offense. So uh, you see us have some post presence in the low post and the high post. And, and I don't think I did or we did a very good job uh, those first seven games of utilizing him offensively as much as we'd like. Um, we don't like to slow down the movement of the basketball to get a post speed, uh, but those things should naturally occur. And over this break, I thought we've done an awesome job of getting David more involved on the offensive side, uh, him moving into the space properly, and also the kids seeing and understanding the angles to get it to him. Uh, David's awesome. And it, I always tell people I don't like big guys because I don't know what to do with them. Um, and I'm learning as I go too, but David does anything you ask. He doesn't care if he scores the basketball. Uh, he'll just go set ball screens if that's what you want. If you want him to stand down there and grab rebounds, he'll do it. Uh, he's a team first guy, and uh, we're really excited to have su such a class act like David. Yeah, he did a great job against Jack Canale in that EC game That who he's really had a big night, but when he was on him, he, he did a great job defending him. And you look at that EC game and also <clears throat> the Valley Forge game before that, and you two tough losses, but, you know, you come out that final game before – the three pause, you get that win over Lutheran West. Just how big was that just to get that win under your belt going into the break and just get some momentum back in your sails? Yeah, always nice to end on a positive note if you can if you can help it. Um, you know, the the Valley Forge game, we didn't rebound. Uh, we lost the rebound battle 43 to 26. Uh, I don't care how small you are, it's unacceptable, and they know that. Um, EC, I thought we played really well. I really do. Um, I think they just beat us that game. You know, sometimes you lose basketball games. There's not always a quick fix. There's things we can do better, but I don't think we lost that game. I think EC beat us that night. Um, and then to go in against West and to play and put it all together, especially against West, who was playing a lot of zone defense. Um, and you don't get to see a lot of zone a lot of times in high school. So uh, when a team does it and you can run your sets and run your actions and and hit it from the outside like we did. It really feels nice going into break knowing, okay, we can do it all. Let's, you know, tighten things up and put it all back together. Do you think that there was some type of different momentum in a positive manner that that Lutheran West win provided you and your team into that break? Because there could have been a, a different type of feel in the air in the practice environment, maybe if a loss had occurred. Can you add on to that in any retrospect? Yeah, you know, we enjoy them while we can. Um, that's a rival, and it's a real good feeling. And, and sometimes when you lose, um, you know, nobody likes it, but you start to question yourself. Uh, you question maybe your coaches. You start to question what we're doing. Is it the right thing? Uh, does this stuff work? Uh, so being able to play West and end on a win like that, you know, starting to show the kids, listen, stay the course, understand that we've won a lot of basketball games here, uh, doing things a certain way. Um, we'll tweak as we go, but our basis of the way we play basketball, it works. It works in high school. It's successful here. Um, and kind of, you know, getting those wins really shows them and gives them confidence in themselves that they belong on the floor and that they can beat anybody. And this next thing, I know it's really far ahead and you probably haven't really thought about it too much, but 
you know, just to, the GLC, just to make up for a lot of these lost games that you know, you're losing due to COVID, they brought in a, uh, a tournament at the end of the year. And just just give me your initial thoughts on that, that you, yeah, you know, had uh, just at the start. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're fine. Mr. Dianetti uh, kind of gave me a heads up on uh, a tournament, two tournament types they're thinking about doing um, in anticipation of having some canceled games and things like that. Um, and understanding that, you know, if you want to have a conference champion this year, you got to either play everybody once and that's it or play everybody twice. And knowing that it was unlikely we'd play everybody twice, I think they decide to go with a conference tournament and the winner of that tournament will be the conference champ. Um, but I love the idea of it because it gives us three games uh, down the stretch going into the tournament that, you know, will be against good quality opponents because they're in conference. Um, it keeps us from having to scramble and find out of conference opponents to fill those spots. And I think it, it evens the playing field as much as you can in terms of maybe crowning a pretty true conference champion. Um, you know, you say that, but then you get to the tournament and who knows who's missing what at that time. But I think it gives some, some real, uh, I don't know, just, closure to the season, closure to the conference. doesn't make you feel like you got to squeeze every conference game in if it's not working. Um, so it gives a little more flexibility in what we're doing. So we're excited for that. So let's look ahead of this restart because it's exciting. It's good to have some round ball back at Fairview High Gymnasium, both for the boys and girls, and then all the winter sports, honestly. But Fill the audience in on some things to look for during this restarted boys basketball season from here on out. I think you're going to see a hungry team. Um, you know, we talked about being grateful for opportunities that we get, knowing that we don't know how many we'll have. Um, we got seven in and we're super grateful for that. Um, instead of pouting and whining that we had three weeks off, we went to work. Uh, and we're grateful for the opportunity to work and practice. Um, so you're going to see a team that's going to show up every night. They're going to play hard. They're going to play every possession like it's the game-winning possession. Um, and I think you'll be excited to see how well they really start to gel as we move through the season, um, playing at that pace that we like, speeding up a little bit. Um, defensively, hopefully you'll see some new things. Uh, you know, we had time to work on some zones, um, some full-court man stuff, you know, time and place. We'll see when we use it. But um, I think you're going to see a lot of what you saw in the past, and that's the hope, and, and that's winning basketball. Um, and that's what these kids do here at Fairview. They work for it. Um, and we're lucky to be coaching them and, and to be a part of the ride. You know, just you have a game tomorrow at the time we were recording. So you have a game tomorrow against Normandy, who is a very solid, good team. And just give us your brief overview um, on the Invaders and their team. You know, they're they're pretty unique. They play multiple styles. I've seen them play teams um, and they've played, you know, they played EC the other night and they pushed hard in transition. They were fast. They were flying down the floor, scoring early. Um, and then you see them play Buckeye and they slowed it down and they scored in the half court. Uh, defensively, you're going to see them run um, a two, three, but you're going to see them run a three, two at times. It kind of looks like a two, one, two. Uh, it's pretty unique the way they do that. Um, you might see a one, three, one, you'll see a little bit of man, but they like to switch up their zones throughout and keep kids thinking and guessing. Um, offensively, they're a five out team. Uh, Stefan Stanek is going to Ashland. He's their big stud. He's six, five. He's a guard. Uh, he's incredible to watch and he rebounds like crazy. You know, sometimes in high school, your best score, uh, even if they're tall, they don't like to go down there and do the dirty work, but he does it all for them. And they have really good complimentary guards that can take you off the dribble. So uh, key for us tomorrow, 
uh, make sure we, you know, stop the ball handlers, don't allow them to penetrate um, and be ready to adjust to their multiple front defenses, uh, which we're ready for, you know, we're capable of. And, and when we get open shots, you got to knock them down, you know, got to score points to win games. Um, but I'm confident in what we have going, going for them tomorrow. And then, ne- then in a couple of days, the next game after that, you guys are looking to avenge that bad taste in your mouth from last year, a game against Parma that you kind of forget about. You want to forget about your short-term memory because that was just a, a bitter loss, a very tough loss. And how is that also going to play a role for the returning players from last year's varsity squad? Yeah, you know, Ty, we do try to uh, keep everything one season at a time. Like, obviously, I don't forget losses. They drive me nuts. Um, But, you know, this group of kids, this team had nothing to do with that loss. Um, You know, the ones on the floor did, but it's not this team. And that's the most important part um, is understanding that we're a different team. We do different things um, and that we're capable of winning. So, you know, as much as I'm sure they're itching to get after it, us coaches, of course, we want to play them. But Parma's tough, man. They're really good. They pretty much returned everybody from last year, and they were a solid team, um, strong, athletic. Um, they can shoot it. So, you know, we don't really look back at the last year too much um, because it really doesn't have any bearing on the team that we have this year. So just preparing for the Parma team that they have now with the team we have now. And, you know, this year it's a lot different because of COVID and whatnot, and especially here at Fairview where – you can't have fans in here. Really, the only fans in there is us. And so it just has that – I noticed the bench, they're bringing a lot of energy. Has that lack of fans, especially at home games where we have, you know, those huge you know, crowds and the big student section, has that really played – or have you noticed really an effect on that? Uh, I think we miss our students more than anything. You know, student athletes, um, they love their, their colleagues, their students with them, their student section. Um, you know, I'm sure they miss having their parents in the stands, but, um, you know, these kids focus so well on what, what task is at hand. Um, you know, you kind of liken it to, uh, you know, AAU. Sometimes you go to these AAU tournaments and there's no one really in the stands. You're just playing for the love of the game. Um, and I think if one thing they've realized with lack of fans is how important they are to each other and how the way they react and they act can affect the game and affect their attitudes. So, um, we've, I've been saying it since I've started coaching any sport. Um, you know, we don't, kids don't play for the fans. They play for each other. Uh, they don't play for me. They don't play for their coaches. They play for each other. They try to win games with each other. Um, and you know, having a fan following all that is great. And we hope to make our city proud and our fans proud. Uh, but we got to play for us first. And I think they do a nice job understanding that. Well, there's a reason why Fairview Boys Basketball is a Fortune 500 company in Northeast Ohio, and head coach Ryan Berry is a big part of that reason in his fourth year in coach. We can't thank you enough for joining the Warrior Sports Show presented by Newcastle Roofing, the guy puts on for his city. Thanks, Coach Berry, for coming on. Thank you, Tyler. Thank you, Pat.